The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Skinny are helping you show how smart you are with the 1Q Quiz, an all-new, super-challenging and super-quick daily quiz built by The Spin-Off. Every Monday, Skinny are giving you the chance to prove you're smart with the Skinny Extra Credit question. Get it right, and you'll get the chance to score yourself some Skinny Extra mobile credit so you can text, call, or even video call your group chat and gloat about how big your brain is. T's and C's apply. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix podcast. Tune in today. NAIR is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand on air. No mai, haere mai, whakatau mai rā. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei pāna ki te ao Māori me te ao hurihuri. Hayden. This is a podcast about being Māori in the modern world. Welcome to our final episode. I, you heard right. This is the last episode of this series, Ne Te Ao Māori Podcast. Uh, we received one-off funding from New Zealand on air last year to produce 25 episodes of this here potty, plus 50 written pieces for the spin-off, majority written by the very talented Te Kuru Jews. Uh, cards on the table, we don't currently have the funds to continue the podcast for another series, and we're very busy with lots of projects, so this is the actual final episode, but it's not a goodbye for everything. Uh, there is a good chance we will come back to this wonderful space and we've had time to think and deliberate and collaborate some more. Uh, so it's not a final goodbye, it's just a mātewa. Uh, I te tuatahi, kariri te mahi aroha ki o koutou katsua, ara koutou ngā kai whakarongo. Our first and foremost thanks go out to the listeners. Uh, we've loved the feedback, we've loved the kōrero. We're going to keep engaging with the world around us via the Instagram page, so do stay in touch with us. Uh, our esteemed guests who have appeared on the podcast this year. Uh, we've been so lucky and spoiled, actually, to be surrounded um, by these people who devote their lives to te ao Māori, to making the world a better place for all of us. I'm going to name them all. Jordan Rapana, Raniera Proctor, Panya Papa, Casey Bird, Karina Bird, Julie Zhu, Lillian Hanley, Matua Joe Pihima, Karen Leaf, Mihingarangi Forbes, Peter Lucas Jones, Anna Corrington, Te Kahurere Moa Taumata, Hemi Kelly, Safari Hines, Te Wehi Wright, Trinity Thompson Brown, Gyane Matata Sipu, Chelsea Wynn Stanley, Nico Hinden, Olive Karina Lockyer, Hana Rafati Maipi Clark, Jess Thompson Carr, Ngahuya Murphy, Ataria Shaman, Kura Te Ua, Ramari Jackson Paniora, Tiari Kirangi Mamaku Ironside, Amber Aranui, Kingi Snauga, and Ho Hepa Thompson, aka the Hori. Our deepest thanks go out to every single one of you. Uh, so, on that note, this week, the final week, it's just us. Uh, we are celebrating, we are looking back, we are looking forwards, we're enjoying some of the highlights of the series, uh, and I am joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Miriana Johnson and the Kuru Jews. Dena koroa. Kia ora, kia ora. 
Um, we do have a guest, except for he's not Manuhiri per se, because he's as hokainga as it gets. Uh, <laughs> our beautiful producer and engineer, the man with the honey voice, who is responsible week after week for making us sound smarter than we actually are. It's Te Aihe Butler on the microphone at last. Kia ora, oh, Kia ora, fellas. Kia ora, kia ora. No mind. Such esteemed company oh, that look. you just listed out in... Uh, in excellent fashion just there, pal. We uh, just saved the best for last. Um, and also I feel like at the end of this episode, listeners are going to get mad that we didn't have you on every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sorry in advance. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's the four of us. This is the uh, the near OG crew. Um, we are going to sort of start out by talking about our favourite episodes um, slash guests. Could just be a, the someone that came on the show that, um, that really, like, hyped you up. Um... Yeah, I'm going to start with our Manuhiri who's not a Manuhiri, because you're the one that has listened in depth to mm. every single episode. So I really am quite intrigued by by who it is that grabbed you to here. So who was your favourite guest slash your favourite episode? Uh, I feel like it's almost a little bit of a cheat answer. but uh, And it might be one that uh, is shared amongst you guys. But my favourite episode was Far and Away the Mahuru Māori special with uh, Hemi Kelly, Matua Hemi, oh. when he came back. And it was special because as someone who is still fairly early on in his real journey, I, I sort of looked to you guys as an example, I suppose, of of where I could be in, in, in the future, mm. hopefully not too distant future, where I also take the leap to undertake a rumaki reo experience, a program of study. Kapai. And it was honestly, it was aspirational. I mean, you guys know because you're in the room, but ngā kai whakarongo te motu, they don't know that after the record, I basically came in and I was like, um, it was like I'd just seen the Black Ferns win the World Cup. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, it, it was it was you know Cardsy. I was legitimately <laughs> legitimately overjoyed for you guys and for you know hopefully my future self. Um, I, I can only hope to to achieve that um, level of confidence, that level of ability, that level of bravery and, and courage in my own real journey. So. Yeah, Mahuru Māori special, uh, Leonie and Mariana's first Te Reo Māori podcast, I think was the, the title. Oh, nice. 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 Yeah, you guys, you're, you're big inspirations for me. Yeah. It's um, nice to hear that because I, I don't know if you feel the same, Mariana, but I assume that you do is that I just felt walkies as having an hour-long combo with our mātanga reo over here, just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and but especially yeah. like... Oh, because, you know, some of your real tikuru is the tomata in Norway. So there was times where I was, like, still processing. I was like, oh, I need to say something. I need to say something. <laughs> it's hard, eh? It's hard not to, to get in your head um, when it's your second language. I mean, I'm sure that's for any any language. But it, and for the most part, even though I was, like, really stressed, it was it did feel really... Probably as well because tikuru, you and um, Hemi were chucking us mehi throughout the it, which was, like, keeping me going. Yeah, mm. yeah. You guys were real good hype guys. Yeah. <laughs> but it did, it felt like a real milestone. It felt like, oh, cool, okay. You know, because, as you know, Leonie, like, when you're in the real hiding, um, it's quite hard to measure your progress. 
and you you only have like you have small moments where you're like oh okay that's a tohu that I'm getting better you might stand up and do a mahi and you hardly get um and you're like oh okay kaderu to do today <laughs> today um, yeah. <laughs> then, the next day it's an impressive feat by anyone at, at any level of even to do a podcast in English is you know it's hard work mm. uh, we're we're looking back at on a year of them now we feel we're a bit more comfortable I'm a bit more comfortable in it but. I think about doing a whole podcast in real Māori. There aren't, I don't even know if there are any other examples out there, a pod, podcast that are in 100% real Māori. I mean, if there are, there aren't many. So what you did, regardless of your oh. stage and, and compre, um, comprehension mm. or whatever, mm. te reo, competency, it's impressive. So oh, what you're right. saying is we should do one, that we should make a podcast in Te Reo. Is that what you're saying? I think there should be more. I don't, you know, we, yeah, okay, we sometimes mm. we are like, oh, there's one you know, Taringa is probably um, a front runner in terms of real podcasts that mm. focus on real. And Hemi Kelly has his own as well. But there's no reason why we can't have 50 of them. Yeah. We, with Māori, we, I think we often, we see a movie made by Taika about a boy on the East Coast and, and all of a sudden there can't be any more movies about <laughs> anyone yeah, yeah, on the East Coast up, because, yeah. oh, that story's already been told. But sure. I'm like, no, why not have more and more? We always settle for one and we're like, it can't be outdone or... Something like that. But yeah, just big mehi to you both and shock Tiaia for bringing Mm. that up because that's a really, this is a Tao Māori podcast. And for me as a real person, what better way to show progress and growth than you two showing and making that commitment at the start of the podcast saying we're going to do one in real Māori and then following up with your word, quitting your jobs (laughs) and going to do kurarumaki for a year and then come in and show us how much you improved. So remembering a month questions. That we were yeah, that yeah. we made this commitment because we yeah. we'd forgotten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, and, oh shit! Yeah, I think you brought it up, eh, to Kuru. You're like, oh yeah, so we'll, you know, Mahuru Māori's coming up. You guys are doing, you know, we're doing an episode <laughs> yeah, yeah. in today, and we're and both it was like, all on. oh yep. yeah, the very last week of Mahuru Māori. Yep. <laughs> what comes after August again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it just shows the value of and that it works. If you do yeah. Rumaki Reo, it works, and mm-hmm. you two just demonstrated that. So that's why I was so proud. It's yeah. that thing that um, you just said before, Mediana, about not recognising your own milestones while you're in it. I haven't been in it with you guys, obviously, but I've been adjacent to it. I've been seeing, you know, catching up with you guys every fortnight when we record an ep. And for me, it was just like suddenly it arrived as quickly uh, as it did for me, as it, as it did for you fellas. But I didn't have to walk the walk and, and do the business on the mic. I just got to witness all of that progress and what felt like, for me, such a small amount of time. So, yeah, seeing how far you guys had come and how high you were flying, man, I can only imagine that the feeling that I had is just, you know, shared with so many other people who, who listen to the potty. And um, yeah, I'd be curious to know, was that was that any of your three favourite ep? Did I just eat your lunch? I was up there. I was up yeah. there in mine, but it's not the one I ultimately went with, no. <laughs> Oh, my one was the um, was our last potty with with Hordy. Oh, never. Yeah, and probably because it's the one that I remember most vividly. But I did scroll <laughs> through the list, and it, it's there is you know we spoke to Chelsea about Lion King Real Māori, and that was a huge thing that happened this year. And it was Frozen Real Māori. I looked through our list, you know, Pania Papa with Kotahiro Puka Puka. Um, we had Anna Coddington and Te Kahu Rere Moa talking about well. Māori music. There are so many to choose from. And I'm yeah. like, wow, we actually did get into some kaupapa this year and Hell have some yeah. mean convos. Um, talking to Dion from Coasty Kids about 
sustainable take and talking to Rani Ira Proctor about a Māori perspective on surfing and our relationship with Tangaroa. But the reason why I chose Hori's episode is because uh, it's really, for me, it's really like progressive. He's using AR, that augmented mm. reality, mm. which there's still a big question mark over. It's it's quite a, you know, techie, nerdy space. Um, there's all the talk about NFTs and the metaverse and all of this stuff that no one really gets, uh, I feel. But here's the bro who comes along and shows us how you can use this tech in a way that challenges uh, Pākehā, challenges me- mainstream media organisations to be reflective, self-reflective and, uh, you know, question their own ignorance or comprehension of or understanding of te ao Māori and using uh, sort of public pressure, which is ultimately how media organizations operate so i think it's a genius idea they certainly respond to it eh? (laughs) yeah it's a a good example for maori and our generation and those um, coming up to look at technology and think how can i use this with a kaupapa maori behind it that's what i like and hohep is just such an infectiously smart happy inspirational kind of a guy as well i felt happy for hours after that conversation (laughs) just every time i thought about him it's like just want to move in the world like that. Yeah. He's a cool fella. He's just been walking around Tamaki Makoto last weekend, putting up posters everywhere. Oh, yeah. So he's he's committed to the Kopapa. Yeah. So if people want to check back in on that one, yeah. check in on his IG at um, The Hordy on IG. So yeah, and good. there's some really cool, because um, he posted was a couple of days ago, eh, some of the <clears throat> the Tanifa in action. Yeah. You know, as it yeah, looks just in the app. And I was like, oh, just that looks on the really building. cool. Yeah, and it's massive yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I hope I hope they like the people, you know. He's still finalising with media organisations, eh? Um, mm. Who's going to actually say, yeah, I um, we want this in our office? But I hope people within the offices use it as well, like you know, remind themselves that they've got this tool to keep themselves mm. in check. Yeah, I'm sure they will because it looks mean. <laughs> like visually, mm. it's just mm. really striking, eh? It does look mean, but I couldn't help but just picture him in his mocap suit, <laughs> <laughs> doing the little, yeah, doing the little yeah, moves yeah. and like sitting with his legs off the side you of the building. You can't unsee that. <laughs> <laughs> Dangling his little legs over the edge of the building. What was yours, Mediana? What was some of your favourites or what was your favourite? I was actually thinking about how I really loved that Harkari episode. It's going oh, way so back good. now, way with um, Karina and Casey. Because they're just such a dynamic duo. And it was really cool hearing about how, you know, their mahi in the kota on the marae kind of has set them up for being a chef, but also how they're two very, even though, you know, they're a lingawera in either space, um, how different it is on the marae and how, you know, they're world-class chefs, but also when they go to the marae, it's a whole other ball game. And they're like, we've got nothing on our aunties who yeah. can feed Humble hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah. Um, They're so great. As much as I'm not a chef, I, I just, I love kitchen dynamics. And I always, <laughs> I've, I love the politics of the kitchen. I love watching how all this food just comes together. Um, so that was really cool. It was really cool hearing about, um, yeah, how, yeah, despite whether, you know, they're, um, they've arrived in their career as um world-class chefs, they're, they're still challenged back home in the marae and they still Hard. further down the pecking order, you know, there's the aunties still at the top. Um, they really inspired me this year because um, they had been talking about, they have been talking about um, the fact that they're going to release a cookbook in Te Reo, 
Um, and so for my final assessment for Dumaki, we had to do a one-hour presentation on a subject of our choice. I didn't really want to bore everyone by talking about the media for an hour, even though it's pretty much the only subject I know anything about. So I <laughs> did like a, a cooking show, and I just tried to channel Casey and Karina in, in that. And then because I remembered that they were talking about like a real Māori cookbook, I made like a little mini cookbook to give out to my classmates when I did my... Um, my presentation and so now I'm like cool I'm just like them <laughs> yeah. oh what a cool idea Man. but I love the idea of like merging those those passions you know of deal and cooking and um obviously we all love Kai and um being and Rangaweta is probably like one of the most important jobs there is but like putting all those things together I love how they do that with style and like aroha mm. and I was mm. like yeah I've seen your Instagram page as well Leonie I bet that the whatever you made in that hour-long presentation was fire as well. Oh, it was all pretty basic because I, our <laughs> if anyone's listening, no shade to the kura. I except there just wasn't really much like ventilation in our classroom, and then a little bit, <laughs> me, a little part of me was like, I'm not even sure they have insurance, so I didn't do any actual <laughs> turn the cooker on cooking because I didn't want to risk it. But I did sort of combine some stuff, and I did. I made some bread and then pulled out a, here's one I made earlier. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Oh, what a great Love idea. That. Cool. Blindfolded my Did class someone record it? You're going to share that with us? Or? I don't think so. Well, I'm, I think various classmates maybe got little bits. I should, oh, I don't know, I'm a bit ashamed. No, don't Just be Just when shy. you're on the spot, like, your deal <laughs> comes out all mixed up and a bit, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I did a bad job, but I also don't think I did an amazing job. <laughs> you should build on that, though, over summer. Like work on you no could day. have a, you could have a little like mini cooking show all in Tadil. Just like make two I'll minute noodles. <laughs> someone who does it really well though, um, is the Instagram page uh Fano Kai. She makes incredible food um and she presents it all on her Instagram bilingually. So it, she was actually a really amazing at, like resource for like learning how to give tohu tohu. She does um, a lot of cakes and stuff, eh? Yeah, she does amazing baking. And it's Naomi Toilalo. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Be- and like real, like aesthetic. Like the fo- the photography is really beautiful. And, you know, I can't do all of that. Lots of cakes and lots of Lots of cakes snacks. and breads. Yeah. And, oh, you yeah. two should do a show. You and Miriam, it sounds like you're both passionate about Kai. And <laughs> I'm passionate about like a- watching people cook and eating it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then doing the dishes those, as a mihi back to the ringawera. <laughs> but yeah. I can't, I don't have the patience for cooking, eh? And if I do try and cook something real mean, it will take me hours. Are you one of those use every single dish in the cupboard cooks? Yeah, and just like all bench spaces, just <laughs> like a bomb's gone off. But hey, I'll happily totoku you, Kari, and um, I'll do mm. dishes. So. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favourite ep, Leonie? So my favourite episode, and to be honest, my favourite guest of the year, and I am sorry to choose an episode where you weren't here to go do. I won't take it personally. Um, but it was our uh, um, Awawahine episode, mm. and um, Ngahui and Murphy, just, she oh, yeah. just, I said in the middle of the episode, which when I listened back um, last week, I'm so embarrassed with how it came out, but I was basically like, listening to you makes me feel like I'm high on drugs, and then yeah. Mediana, you you more eloquently reframed it as the Ehitewehitewana <laughs> of the corridor, and I was like, I'm high on drugs, <laughs> but like, <laughs> And that ihi wihi wana korero was what Kura told us. Exactly. Um, but yes, because I have gone back to that korero of um, Ngahuya's a bunch of times 
in moments where I've got my ikura and I'm like mamai and annoyed and just try and she's helping me relearn what it all means and like just going back to her quarter about things like you know it's the same blood that Papa Tuanuku had when she she gave birth to her atua and like you know when you're sort of craving starchy food and you've got a hottie on your tummy you don't feel very atua like but there's something so comforting about that cordial every time I hear it. So I, I go back to that episode quite a lot. Yeah. I was going to say that was that was probably my fave too as well. But then I was also like, yeah. oh, that was my idea. And I hosted it. So I was like, well, don't want to be fucking hee-hee. But <laughs> Ngahui was uh, like, yeah, probably the best guest day. Just in terms of how commanding she is. Yeah. I wonder as well though, because I'd heard her talk earlier in the year. And I think I was struck by how... Like her corridor at the start of the year as well. And, and obviously she's super connected. Like her hononga kitao waido is so strong. And, you know, she comes from a long line of wahine that if this knowledge is being passed down. But also I think I think we're just so hungry for it, eh? I think, like, it, for me, hearing her talk and then hear, having her come back on the podcast, like I, there's so, I'm so hungry for knowledge about my tangata and how it works and what this process is and how to frame it and how to connected back to our tipuna, you know? Yeah. And um, we're not raised, well, a lot of us aren't raised with any, you know, you just taught how to deal with your ikura and that's it. And don't get hapo until you want a baby. <laughs> Here's the ways you can get liked, hapo, you know? I liked your conversation about how it's like uh, the responsibility of our tāne. Mm. Well, it's a responsibility of parents to also educate our tāne or our tamariki about what their role is in supporting wahine during that time as well. Like, it is... Something that affects everything. Everything that affects wahine affects te ao Māori katoa. Um, and it was just like a beautiful... Like, she corrected me at one point because I was talking about, like, you know, how do we educate our tamahine and our kohine? And she was like, oh, no, no, our tamariki katoa, our, ta- our tama and our our kōtero. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, of course. Yeah. I think it's also worth shouting out um, Ataria Shaman. And, oh, Ataria was awesome. Kiane uh, Matata Sipu, who were also... Kiani was a co-host, was she filling she in? Was, yeah, she was our um, temporary takuru for, right. for that episode. Oh, lucky she, you know, she didn't take my spot. <laughs> you are. We were close to bringing you out, bro. If I was temporary takuru go, that's, that's about as good as it gets, I think. And it makes sense, eh, because, you know, babies, um, you know, our tamariki, our pepe, tamariki mokapuna, they're so important and they're the most, they're the taonga in tau Māori. And mm. yet, up until you get hapu, <laughs> we don't, really have that same well we haven't been taught because of colonization that that process of your body preparing to to be hapu and your body going through the stages to get you know through puberty and stuff and those cycles are all part of that that was that's also sacred as well so it's nice to you know that it's, it's all it's all part of it eh? and it's nice to i like what you said as well leonie about the the they're talking about kura waka you know all this beautiful, rich imagery, um, these beautiful um, atua wahine. Um, that's what, like, Atari's all really complimented it as well, because eh? then she was bringing in all of the atua wahine. It's all connected. It's all part of the divine, feminine, the sacred um, yeah. that colonization's done its utmost to stamp out, because, you know, the colonizers could see how mana as our wahine were, and they're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't be having that. No, no. Those women have far too much agency. <laughs> I have since had quite a cool conversation with um, a friend. Um, he's from a, 
he's from a Tuhui family, and he was taught as a boy. Um, the boy, all the boys in his father were taught by his father and his grandfather a haka specifically about the phases of the moon and how they relate to women's equity to teach the boys what their responsibility during that time needs to be. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, it was their job to go and, you know, get the products and also get the angi-angi from the ngahire for, for all their sisters and aunties and stuff. And I was like, let's find someone with that knowledge as well, revitalise all of that mm. um, knowledge transmission too, you know. Because I learning beautiful haka and motiatia about, about the wahine. Like, I just, like, this is your responsibility. It's about them, but it's also for you. I think that's cool. It's funny we're having this cordial because just last night, um, it was our last day at Kura, for context. I was about to say, I was at the pub. It was a celebration. For the end of Reo. You don't have to explain why you're at the pub. Yeah, I was girl. at the pub. I was at the local, the Wataki local. And um, my sister, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, so sis, but, you know, she was like, oh, my period's just arrived. Um, and my friend's Tani was standing there and we had a bit of a, she's like, oh, how's yours? And we just had a bit of a conversation. And then I turned to him and I went, oh, sorry, bro. And he's like, no, it's all good. He's like, look, I am a bit uncomfortable, but that's good. Like, I should listen to these quoted <laughs> we should normalise them. It was cute though. He was like, I am a bit uncomfortable, but I, I acknowledge that it's right for me to like, you know, we should be exposed to these things. And that's progress. <laughs> I used to flat with um, two of my cousins and there were probably about eight of us at the, we had a big flat um, in Kirikiriroa back in the days. And when I would come home, it was just me and my cousin James and his sister and the rest were all, all wahine as well. And so we were the two Tani in the household. And when one of us would come home and see all our our friends on the couch with blankets, we knew <laughs> <laughs> we knew what time of month it was. The synchronicity. All, the synchronicity was there. And we were like, okay, it's time for us to go down to the garage. Yeah. And, and Chuck snacks and walk away. Chuck snacks and, and, <laughs> and make the party nice and do what we could and also get out of the way. Just get out, go to the garage. That's where we hung out. I'm yeah, yeah. pretty sure that that was, that's all. what was in the haka, eh? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we, boys, we got to go into the bush. we got to get these <laughs> things. Yeah. Never know what they need, then leave. No, nah, but really important kōrero, and yeah, can agree that yeah, Ngā Murphy, she's one of those manuhiri that we had on this podcast this year that is really transforming our tikanga and our perspectives, mm. and that's really what I'm looking forward to exploring next year as well. Yeah, mm. um, great. I love that we all had quite came at that question from quite... Um, in quite different ways, you know. It was a, a good summary, although not a complete summary, of um, all of the amazing guests that we've had this year. I'm really proud of, actually, all the different kaupapa that we've managed mm. to dive into. When you put it all together as a body of work, which was the point of this project, of the near project, which was to just come at everything you possibly can come at from a Māori perspective. Um, but between the four of us, we managed to seek out, like, a... A be- like a, a cream of the crop of mm. <laughs> Te Ao Māori. I like that it went from sort of like people that not many people would have heard of to some people who were quite sort of rongonui already. Like, it's a lovely selection. Mm. And I think as well, even when we did things that are, let's say, like stereotypically Māori, like hākari, like kapaka, we, we came, at, you know, our guests always had a fresh perspective on it or they, you know, had um, fakad or that, because that's what we're trying to do, eh? We want, we, it's about how our world, um, our tikanga, our mātauranga, also 
um, how we're bringing that forward and how people are re- like adapting that or building on that, you know, being creative, being innovative with it within this changing world. I, lo- mm. I really love that. Like Kura, she was awesome and I just love what she's doing with her um, Haka Theatre Company. Mm. Cool, like, you know, let's push the boundaries. Well, I guess had fresh for Cardal. That's what I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. It was fresh. Um, and one of the other things I have asked you all to have a think about ahead of this episode was um, like growth moments of this year. And for me, growth moments can sometimes be like awesome stuff, fun stuff, intellectual stuff, purely emotional stuff. Mediana. I mean, I, I, I imagine you and I have had like heaps of these because we've been in a rumaki <coughs> environment. And specifically, sorry, I asked you guys to think about growth moments to do with your taha Māori, with Tao Māori. It's a very personal question. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'll start with you, Kari. Like, have you, can you think of something that just, in terms of your tuakiri Māori, your Māori identity, you had a moment where, where something just really came into into the light for you? Mm, like one thing. <laughs> I like one-ish, no. one-ish thing. Um, I think as my brain is on the podcast at the moment, something that came to mind and thinking about our early episodes as well was um, how my pronunciation still really, really sucked. <laughs> and we did an episode about Kaimwana and I kept messing up saying power and then I got really embarrassed about it afterwards and I was like, man, like shame. I've just like broadcast this to everyone. Um, and it was one of those moments where it's like you need to just, it's it's okay to make mistakes. Um, mm. And I think about, I'm, um, oh, I can't remember what it was about, but I remember Stacey Morrison acknowledging in an interview that she kept saying a word, Māori word wrong on TV um, and she got like called out for it when she was early on in her journey. Because um, it's the hard thing, eh? it's like we're, we are broadcasting our mistakes. It's not like mm. you're just getting someone <laughs> in front of you being like, mm. oh, that's wrong, this is how you say it. Um, and so that was like a kind of a kennel moment, but then, and yeah. I stewed on it for ages. Um, but through that, it kind of, I learnt, you, you get better at giving yourself compassion, eh? And um, then I arrive at, I don't know, well, then you know, eight months later, six months later, we did an episode entirely in Te Reo Māori. And so that's, if I put those two things together, it's like, okay, this was a real growth spurt yeah um and yeah it's just nice to reflect on on those times where it's like you know you're like why am I doing this I'm embarrassing myself I'm making myself (laughs) look an absolute idiot (laughs) um and seeing that that's part that's all part of the journey and going there from there um something that's less about me as well which I was (laughs) thinking about um is I um because all I want with my obviously yeah the steel journey has like been everything this year. But a real highlight for me last night was my little sister, because she was around, she doesn't speak any deal, hasn't learned any, but she was around so many deal speakers, I could hear her trying to speak. And she actually mm. said something that made sense. And I was like, she was like, Kote Tali, talking about the pub. She's like, Kote Tali, Te Waka, Te Wānanga, Te Hapori. And I was like, that's not like in Korea like that kind of makes sense mainly so the walk apart um, but it was beautiful it was beautiful because yeah. um, this is what this is all about it's about getting your fun your involved on her yeah, yeah it was beautiful yeah, yeah. Nah, it was real and cool. a great illustration that the best teacher is your environment yeah, yeah just being around it is enough eh? 
Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's all I ever really want. And I think that's part of maybe that example that I was fixating on is very much, it illustrates that when you start this journey, you're thinking about you, you're all self-conscious. It's all about mm. how good am I? Yeah. Um, will I ever be matato? And as you go along the journey, you, it stops being about you. <laughs> mm. It becomes yeah. about your whanau, about who you're impacting, how you're building up other people. Um, so that's been the biggest, biggest growth for me. Um, yeah. yeah. That's huge. That's massive, Eho. That's awesome to hear, especially as you now stepping forward as a, a real leader within your own whānau and the impact that it's already having, not even, or, you know, just one year in Rumaki. So you imagine how you and your sister will be in 10 years' time or five years' time. So, you know, that's really uh, heartwarming to hear. Yeah. Because we all need pō reo in our whānau. We all need, and especially in whānau who have lost their reo, um, it has to, you know, someone needs to step forward. It, you know, there's always a, I'm not saying you have to do this, but it, it takes that person to be brave and courageous to make that, that step, that scary step and walk down that path and then the whānau will, will get behind them and, and support them and join them on that. But for those whānau who have, you know, have that connection has been severed through colonisation, um, you know, it all takes our communities to get behind them and, and bring them in. So that's mean to hear too much. The Kaupapa sells much. itself as well, though, because eh? the night before she'd come to our um, Kapaka performance, and I knew, oh, yeah. and, I, and I'm so because I'm quietly trying to get her to come do Rumakere with me. Um, <laughs> and but you know, it's scary for people, but then she came and watched us do Kapaka, and then she was hanging out with everyone. She's like, man, this is amazing. All the singing's amazing, the community's amazing. Um, and so. Yeah, it's just it just illustrates to me eh, that if we can get Afano to come and see the fruits of it, the beauty of it, um, then more people will get on board. Um, yeah, so that's me. Have you convinced anyone, Leone, and your Fano to get on the waka? To go to a rumaki? No, <laughs> no. The person I've discussed it um, most though with has been Tiahi. Yeah, every bloody fortnight you guys are <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Roughly once a fortnight. Oh, it's so life-changing. And so then uh, Tiahi's manager, our wonderful head of podcast, <laughs> Jane Yee, gives me a tallying off for yeah, trying yeah. to tempt Tiahi away from yeah. away from the company. Yeah, yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. Sorry, Jane. It'll happen. <laughs> um, soon. Uh, and what soon is defined as, I'm not too sure. But uh, definitely, yeah. You'll um, feel it, bro. You'll hear the cutting. When the time is right. 100%. Yeah. Not, 100%. Not, not everyone can just step away at any time. Exactly. Eh? Yeah. There's got to be yeah. a lot of factors that, that you work towards and that work out for you. And there's no pressure too, bro. I think uh, it's been liberating sort of living or studying vicariously through through um, you two this year. Um, and, and somewhat, I suppose, adjacent to my own growth moments mm. related to my taha Māori, which Aye. is... Uh, it's. I think it's happened twice so far this year, and I forget the exact circumstances of them. But it was more the experience of somebody who also has Faka Papa Maori coming into uh, our space at work, or uh, meeting somebody out in the world, and them just like asking me no here and then me not having the immediate ability to summon that information, that like crucial information from within me. Um, so it's not necessarily like a super positive mm. growth moment for me, but it has been a solidifying 
experience uh, to have that happen and for me to realize that until I put in the mahi, I'm not going to be able to have the um, command of the reo that I really desire. Mm. Um, and that's that's a simple fact. And, you know, it's it sort of is what it is. But it's, it's, it's made it really clear for me that the trajectory that you guys have been on, that you've demonstrated for me, 100%, that's, that's where I'm headed in my near future. Okay. Cool. Um, I have to mahi, though, to um, the, the ropu that you guys have got going here at the spin-off, that you're one of the mm. kaifakahaere. Mm. Um, spin-off has um, created a, a ropu for staff at Whakapapa Māori. Everyone's meeting right now. We just happen to be doing a podcast mm-hmm. over the top. You should be there, and I apologise for taking <laughs> away from that. But I love... Like that is that's you do what you can with what you have, and that's mm. the the most beautiful shining example of that. The Ropa gets together, they play takaro, they play kopapa. Like you guys have a tutor that comes in that mm-hmm. does lessons here at the spin-off. Shout out to Samantha Veach, our wonderful kaioko who comes in every fortnight. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's a, a wonderful thing, and I think a really, to be honest, like a baseline thing that I think most workplaces should make space for. Most um, workplaces should make space for that. You know, but <laughs> it's it, for sure it's something that the spin-off should be should be given the the mad props for. But even that, you know, has be, been uh, an experience for me to step into a leadership role within that group while also being someone who is so far from matato. Yeah. Um, someone who is not at all uh, tangata mohi o kite kōrero Māori. Um, <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> Which he says in, in beautiful te Because I've practised it 17 times. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we all have to accept that that, that, that is part of being mm. Māori, is you need to t- take up the responsibility that you're given no matter where you, where you are. Yes. That is mm. just how it works. And yes. it kind of sucks sometimes, but it's also one of the beautiful things about te Māori. Mm. Yeah, we and take responsibility for each other, even when we don't feel like we should. <laughs> but oh no, sorry, even when we don't feel like we we're, we're strong enough. But like your right, community right, right. tells you that you're strong when enough. We don't feel like we should it. when we don't yes. want to. <laughs> yeah, when, when we get, don't want to, we know we have bub, to. The kiakaha bub <laughs> mentality. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> gotta give yourself the kiakaha bub talk sometimes. <laughs> yeah, gotta give it to yourself. Yeah. Did you feel like so? In that moment for you, you know, those those couple moments, those kōrero, was it like a, yeah. oh, I need to do this, and was there like a guilt thing, or was it like a pody thing, or was it just like a... Because what I was hearing is that it was just a moment of reckoning. It was just a bit like, you know what, I will never be at the level I want to be until I put in the mm. mahi. And I think it's mm. cool to be real with yourself about that stuff, because you can be great, you know, we're all, we're all experienced language loss um, to some extent, you know, even to kuru, there's spaces you can't go into, bro, and speak kyoreo that's restricting in itself so it's mm. so but you can't stay in that podi tongue eh? so it's like, no yeah. no and 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 i'd say it was less of a podi thing and more of a um really thing mm. more of a frustration more of just like a fuck like <laughs> it's you know yeah. like trying to walk out the front door to go live your day and your shoes have been tied together and you fall over yourself um, oh good analogy yeah. Mm. yeah so it's like it feels it feels like you know where the natural path is and you just you you can't in spite of yourself yeah um but from here looking back and thanks to leone's prompts for this hui i can recognize that as you know those were two instances where i realized hey i've got to make some moves in my life i've got to commit to my own hiding so that five years down the track 
six years down the track, I can be doing my own Mahuru Māori um, episode. You heard be, it here today, you know. folks. <laughs> Put it <laughs> Put in the calendar. Five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mahuru Five years, Māori. we're coming back here and we're going we're gonna to do it. 2027. <laughs> nice. Awesome. I just want to say, I think that's really, that's quite exemplary, bro, and like emotional maturity to mm. be able to say, I'm at this stage, um, it bothers me, but I'm not going to let it hold me back from committing to progressing. Because I think we all have that in different areas of our lives. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and with a lot of our whanau, it's, it's real. And so I just want to meet you for being able to state it the way that you see it and then accept and then commit to, mm. okay, I'm gonna. it's going to take me to get over this. Because ultimately, whanau, it comes down to us as individuals. It's like with any personal growth, mm. health journey, real journey, whatever it is, there's nothing outside of us that can change, you know, can make the decision for us. Mm. So that the desire is there. And I also like that it's Riri instead of Pody, because, you know, <laughs> Riri for me, we can capitalise on Yeah, on that's Maybe it's a tiny thing, but, you know, you use mm. that Riri, you turn it into into passion, and that's yeah. what drives. I oh, know, I've, I've built a whole career on being angry. That's what <laughs> <Yeah>. drives me. <laughs> And as a, as a sad person, <laughs> I often brand. try and turn my sadness into Diddy because then I can do stuff. If I'm sad, well, I can't do anything. Four angry people in here. <laughs> no, no. Really filling the stereotype use, right now. You know, <laughs> angry Mark. It was um, Magneto that said, um, true focus lies between rage and serenity. So. Well, there you go. Because my quote is always about the Hulk. <laughs> what when this? the Hulk learned to like um, control his powers and turn into the Hulk whenever he wanted to. Uh, secret, someone was eh? like how did you figure out how to do that and he was like the secret is I'm just angry all the time oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh he yes said, I, how, I learned how to do haka that's what he said yeah yeah essentially <laughs> yeah, yeah. raising capital or taking your business to the world Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen this season we're exploring the US market the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spinoff member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. Um, 2020 for you, Tekuru. What does growth look like for Tekuru or Te Marama Dews? I was talking to Te Aihe earlier before the podcast and I was like, I haven't done anything this year. I haven't done any... Um, Kaupapa Māori growth like last year I got my translator's license which was huge for me I'd been yeah. trying to get that for years um, I hadn't been able to commit to the whole program the year before or w- within the years prior to that I was I had completed successfully completed Te Panekiritanga Reo, which was a huge achievement yeah. for me personally and uh, so looking back at this year I was like oh I haven't done anything this year done so much this year. <laughs> no, no, Are you I know. kidding was me? Just, but it was just that, that um, I think being 
I'm, I'm a critical person. Yeah, you're a sort of real high achiever. Most critical of myself. So I can see now things. that you're sort of trying to frame it in terms of like things that are that have been achieved. I don't think I had a a, a, a big goal like that. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't have anything to measure. Like, but um, when I was talking with the eye here, I thought, oh, actually, I spoke at the Ngāti Kahungunu Real Symposium, which had a 1,100 people in the audience. Holy, I didn't know there was that was, many people there. Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I mean, going into it, I was like, yep, because I've never been, and, and forgive me, please, Ngāti um, Kahungunu, I had never been to that real symposium before. Uh, I didn't realise the scale of it. It had grown it has grown over the years, and this and this was the biggest audience it has mm. had, and it was um, broadcasted live as well on on a on live stream, and I was just taken aback. I was like, "Wow, I didn't prepare for this," um, but still managed to get up there and and deliver my kaupapa. And instead of sticking to a PowerPoint, I turned it into a more theatrical, creative uh, korero. Asked them to turn the lights off, and they they turned the lights off. Everyone's thinking, "What's this follow up to?" <laughs> Gave a little korero and uh, got the lights back on at some point and, and delivered a, a pao, a Māori rap that I'd written um, for the kaupapa of real regeneration. So for someone who's trying to get into music, that yeah. was like a huge moment for me. Amazing. Uh, over a thousand people. I've, as someone who's done public speaking, I've never spoken to a crowd that big and it was, it was daunting. And um, I was just fortunate to have been there the day before to witness all the other you know, fantastic speakers, including the the two young uh, Kotiro and Tenu Tube, and they were oh, singing and them. rapping. They're and so good live. Yeah, and I was like, well, and that's, they really inspired me, yeah. and that was probably the growth moment. I'm like, here's the next generation. We're always talking about the next generation, and I'm like, I want some of that action. Like, I want to I wanna be young and cool and, <laughs> and hip, and I want to do my Māori rap song, because these girls are just, you know, they were just slinging it. Yeah, they were just are. going for it, and I'm like, okay. Never mind the PowerPoint presentation. I'll save that for a classroom or something. Let's do something else. So that was a huge growth awesome. moment for me. Yeah. Mm. Now, if you ever go and do like an application for some New Zealand on air music funding, you can <laughs> say that you performed for an audience over a thousand. I should have mentioned it. Yeah. Because uh, that's one of the anyway one of the criteria <laughs> <laughs> you have to like performed for Damn, audiences I just over put a certain application size. Too, I didn't even think of that. Ah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Tricks of the trade. Oh, you heard it here first, Anna. Insert on air funding hacks. <laughs> Mine is not really anything where I came to any kind of uh, conclusion from. It was just a, a, an exper- a new experience for me, I guess. Um, being in a sort of immersive um, tikanga real Māori environment, I was really struck this year by um, the roles of wahine and tāne. And like I, I say this with zero negativity attached, but um, I have spent most of my life being sort of like a genderless, ageless blob <laughs> in my friend circles and my work. And then um, in the Rumaki environment, I was to a lot of my um, students, a lot of my cl- uh, classmates, I was Faya Leone and definitively a wahine. And I don't like necessarily identify as takatapui but um, because our roles and responsibilities were so well defined by if you were wahine or tāne I found myself sort of wondering a lot, like a lot of days a lot of weeks, like how it must be to navigate te ao Māori for our like um, non-binary whānau 
But then I realised that I was sort of projecting my own like curiosity and thoughts onto, oh, what must this be like for them? I, was, I actually meant, like, what is this like for me? Like, mm-hmm. you know? Because I, but mainly because I don't have children. So I'm 41, I don't have any children. Fano is everything. If you're wahine, your whare tangata is everything. And if you've made it to 14, you don't have traditional fano and you don't have children. It really makes you go, hmm, <laughs> where, do, where do I fit in yeah. here? It's fine if you're like in your 20s, you're not expected to have figured it all out yet. But like, yeah, I just find it really interesting. Like, I am a professional auntie. I love that about myself. I've got like 100 edamatu. <laughs> Um, every single rangatahi in my class became my iramatu. Like I'm, a, I'm auntie, and that's fine. But yeah, it was just a, it was a really interesting sort of like a face to face. Like no, no, you've really got to think about this concept of what it is to be wahine, because tiao Māori is your is your ao. You can't be a a blob that identifies as nothing anymore. You've really got to think about what this means to you what having no children actually means to you. Like, I, I don't feel pody about that, but it's like, okay, well, what does papa look like for you if you are eventually going to only whāngai? Like, yeah, as I said, there's no conclusions. It was just something I've never thought about before. Massive growth. Yeah. Massive growth Moments. thoughts. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not close, but I'm not miles away from being queer. <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh, Cuddy, don't you? No, you I'm, I'm closer to that. I'm closer don't to that than I am <laughs> to being 18. Like I'll put it like that. So, and that is ahead of me. So, I find it fascinating and interesting to think about what where I fit. Because I mean, that's the thing about um, Faka Papa Maori is you you fit into a Faka Papa. It's not about you necessarily. You fit into a community and I've got a Pākehā family and I've got a whānau Māori and no kids and yeah, if you don't sort of have a traditional family structure around you, it really gives you sort of pause to go where do I fit in? I think that's a really, yeah, hōhonu kōrero and Mm. those are probably some of the biggest growth moments that any of us in this this rōpū have had this year, what you're talking about. But I always, I just as you were speaking, I think back to what Kura Tiua said, um, that her mentor, one of her mentors, um, uh, told her that there's a place for you. So I feel like that's probably the only contribution I can make yeah, to this yeah. conversation. No, that's a nice for No matter though. where you are in Te Ao Māori, there's a place yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. Should yeah, Kelda, Kelda for that. It's a real shame the funding's run out, eh? This is a whole other... <laughs> So we need a part one, part two. This. Yeah. I think as well, Leonie, like you've already kind of identified that you're a fire to so many, and we need our fire. We need lots of aunties because you know we're we're a big community. The ones that let you, let you get away with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think about like at the Wananga, and because it's quite a lot of like little little babies, and it's been so beautiful to watch them grow. You know, because you're, you're around them like four days a week and so you watch them start to crawl, walk, yeah. gabble. Some of them are like almost talking now. It's beautiful. And cool. These, these are from mamas in your, yeah. in your kura. Yeah, and because it's encouraged for them to bring their babies um, to yeah. the wa. So yeah. it's stunning. And there's a lot of us childless <laughs> mid to late 20s, 30s that... It's real obvious that we're clucky as because we're always holding a baby. <laughs> yeah. 
But it's like, I know I'm not ready. And I cherish that role. And one of my good mates, because um, her baby Hina is just something else, my mate Ariana, you know, she did a mihi to um, everyone for helping her, because that's her first baby, helping her mm-hmm. raise her baby. And that's the role that, you know, us childless ones, I think, can play, as we can take the pressure off the mama, we can give them oh, a yeah. break, we can, you know, change the nappies, we can teach the bubs naughty things. <laughs> Could be corrupting influences. <laughs> Buy the kids' boxes, don't tell your mum. Yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of that this week, this year. <laughs> No, 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 I'll pay for that. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> but it is a hard one, because eh? I also wonder, I've caught, like, had caught it all about, who are, there's rangatahi and there's pakeke, and where does that transition happen? And what does that look like? Because I've got this theory that it's like when you have a baby, then you become pakeke. That's just me, because I'm like, well, I'm definitely not a rangatahi anymore. But I also... Yeah. Komata would By that logic, I get to stay Rangatahi forever, which I'm fine with. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, not I'm not saying you don't, but I'm saying I'm saying there is. This is a conversation, and and I think Tao Māori, we're at a place now of of I don't know, re-indigenizing, yeah, decolonization, whatever you want to call it, decolonization, um, where we're having the gender kōrero. Yeah, and it's not up to us to figure it out today. And yeah. there are probably a lot more. Not probably. There are many more. <laughs> People outside of this room who are, uh, there are more much informed, people out there. and um, and I'm sure that conversation will get more and more inclusive and advanced mm. and mm. Um, wholesome as we progress into the future about gendered uh, roles and yeah. stuff coming from such a traditionally gendered society yeah, and our yeah. understanding. I think it's more about our understanding of what it was like back then because we might have a skewed perception on yeah. on what that looks like when we when we come from a Pakeha. Uh, framework or yeah. a Pākehā perspective. How does that fit into this, you know, this modern contemporary yeah. arrangement? But if we if we try and, sh- and strive to look at it from a tr- more traditional understanding, especially in my area in Ngāti Pro, where women held the land, like women had, yeah. were, they were the the chiefs. All our Farinui are named after women. So yeah. I just again, it's a different. There are different tribal examples. Absolutely. And I again, I was definitely sort of talking about gendered in terms of roles and responsibilities. I wasn't talking about. Um, any kind of misogyny experienced within that sort of gender binary, mm-hmm. just the fact that a binary exists um, in some cases, in some ways, was, yeah, something I haven't really had to think about for a really long time because I yeah. sort of, in the Western framework, I choose not to. Yeah, and when so much uh, um, onus is put on, you know, like kaha te iwi, whanau mai ngā totally. <laughs> it's hard it not the to main think about thing. it. Yeah. <laughs> Like I know we're in different stages in our lives and stuff, but it's but it's started to make me feel pressured about having a baby, even though I don't have a partner, um, in a way that I like haven't felt in like ever. And mm. I, I, you know, for a long time, I'm like, yeah, I'll do that in my thirties, maybe my mid thirties, my late thirties, <laughs> gets further and further away. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wow. Um, I should have a baby because that's what Tal <laughs> Māori wants me to do. <laughs> when you're holding this newborn child at your kurareo and you're like, wow, this is actually really fun. Like, I'm getting a lot of reciprocity here. I'm getting a lot of, I'm getting a lot of feedback. <laughs> yeah, this is good. This is going to be my journey. No, but in all seriousness as well, when you see how beautiful these environments are for our babies to grow up in and you think oh, about, mm. it's, you know, you think about, well, if I was passing the reo on to a child, then, um, you know, you're, you're, you're doing the intergenerational learning, whereas when it's just yeah. UA, 
um, and your whānau, then, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I think, well, this would be easier or, like, um, would feel more motivating in those times when it's hard. Um, feels more Māori, I guess. Yeah. Hey. But it's, yeah, man, I'm mean that you opened up this whānanga. <laughs> what I was going to say before I went on that other tangent was that I have a term for this middle section yes. between Rangatahi and Pakeke, and it's actually the title of one of my new rap songs. Oh, hey, there we go. <laughs> In 2023, yeah, and it's called Rangatoa. Rangatoa. Oh, Rangatoa. Yeah, so that's the gen. So you're talking about pre kids. Obviously, you can have kids and be part of Rangata Rangatoa, and this is the. The activist years, the the years where you have all your strength and you are doing kopapa, oh, you are changing kopai. the landscape, you are whatever it is, you are at home, you know, digging the holes. Did this kopu already exist, or is this a tekuru kopu? I just made it up. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Yeah. So this was the the waiata that I wrote at the or for the um, Kahunganu Symposium and. And Sangate was about Rangatoa because we had speakers like uh, Miriana Pittman, Hilda Harawira, and he just had the Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori mm. 50th anniversary of the Te Reo Māori Society, um, which my parents were involved with. There was a lot of kōrero about Ngātamatoa, and I thought about, wow, they were really, we've been labelled Rangatahi Algen since, I don't know, 2003 or whatever, when it became really like a strong term. Yeah. And there hasn't been another term for what happens when you. When you've got kids, you're no longer rangatahi. You're an adult. If you, even if you ha- if you have kids when you're young, mm. you you can't be called a rangatahi. So what's the term? Maybe you're rangatoa because you're carrying all these uh, responsibilities that a child doesn't carry. Mm. You've got the fire. You got the fire mm. to yeah yeah. The responsibility comes from within, not just being told by someone older than you that you need to do a thing. Yeah, like you've got the fire to do it. The term is is yeah aimed at empowering. You know, our mindsets giving us motivation to strive to be part of Rangatoa. Kia ora. Yeah. Main. Kia ora, bro. Aye. I mean, I've aged out of the Rangatoa generation, but I love that word. <laughs> well, there's yeah. no, no, I don't know if there's an age. Oh, no, I got no energy for nothing. Maybe 50 plus is. <laughs> <laughs> you're still, you're in this potty, so. Oh, hey. yeah, true. I've got no energy. Same, so. <laughs> <laughs> You got a little bit of the rangatahi fire, but you got none of the dustiness of a pakeke. So you're, you're, you're square in there, I reckon, pal. Okay, go fight. Yeah, oh, that's a cool kupu, bro, because, yeah, this has been the source of many kōrero with some of um, my mates at the wānanga, especially when the rangatahi um, do this, when I try and do something like, trying to be like, yeah, I'm real hip, and they're like, yeah, um, nah. you're not. See, we, we are. We, we're older than we're that now. And I guess that's me cold. trying to find my place. So yeah. Where am I? They're too you cold know. for us. Well, they're too cold for me. Like, they, yep. they're so, um, yeah, we've talked about this before on the podcast about how rangatahi these days, they're so toe in themselves. They know where they stand. They dress real mean. <laughs> They follow shits, is the good Times have changed, man. Where's the kids with substance? That's what I'm looking out for. If you want to be rangatoa, you come and talk to me and we'll, and we'll put you on the right track. <laughs> All the rest of you can do your TikToks. <laughs> I find myself feeling really resentful about how good everyone looks when they do polyfest now. 
Like when I was doing Polyfest, we just looked so shit. <laughs> like bad makeup. Flesh, and like now we... they all know how to do makeup and their hair looks where they've yeah. got fleeky eyebrows and beautiful hair and perfect makeup. I was like, man, we had like wrong coloured Maybelline on because they didn't make <laughs> makeup for brown girls yet in the early 90s and like eyeliner, terrible eyeliner. Yeah. I was so resentful. <laughs> all the boys are like, like they're trialing for the NBA. Oh my god, they all look. <laughs> <laughs> they all flash it in the like in the senior groups six now. Six packs eh? and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's like, bro, you're fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it back. I'll say they are rangatoa. They're rangatoa. But you know, rangatahi. Maybe rangatahi brackets getting lower because mm. kids yeah, are growing maybe. up a lot faster. Yeah, well, that's good and that's bad as well, isn't it? Mm. What's the other term? Is that taiohi? Yeah. I like that one yeah, as well. Rangatai. I like that kupu. Because mm. I think, like, rangatahi is just hammered. Everyone's talking about rangatahi this, rangatahi that. We want to appeal to a rangatahi audience. Yeah. Hey, but hey, <laughs> Who's saying that? I might write a post tonight <laughs> and be like, okay, Tamaiti is six to eight. <laughs> <laughs> you see boundaries, bro. Nine to twelve. Yeah. Rangatahi. Look, 13 as someone to who has 40. addressed the uh, Ngati Kahungunu Real Symposium, <laughs> I have taken upon myself to set some boundaries. <laughs> Honestly, so I'd love it. Um, someone said to me um, not long ago, in the context of this, one of the kaiako. Well, sort of traditionally, you probably forgot on the stakuru. They would, you would say, oh, pakeke ake kiaya. Like, so you would use that term to sort of say how old you are in relation or, like, where you're the youngest, I guess, in relation to someone else. So it's not like he pake ke ho, it's like he pake ke ake o ke ia, ke aia. Um, is, that, have you, is that a whakaro that you've heard to kuru? Because I thought that makes a lot more sense to me as to why it feels so hard to pin down, I don't know, these periods of, of our growth. It's also probably just because yeah. it's been infected by Fakado Parkia, like what's the age bracket? I think it's all it's all relative, of course, because we say Ngamatua, we're referring to our genera- our parents' generation, and when they say Ngamatua, they're referring to our grandparents or or even our great grandparents' generation. So it's all relative. Um, that's probably the trouble with the Rangatahi terms is that they they're generate they're sort of age locked, if you like, but there's no clarity around what the age is. Yeah. Um, I always like to specify when you're talking about generations. I always like to be clear on what generation people belong to. So if my nephews, um, they're my nephews, I'm um, nieces and nephews, then I make sure they call me uncle, so that they remember. Even though some of them are uh, rangatoa now, they're no longer rangatahi. They still has to maintain for me that that. Uh, Awareness of whakapapa. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is important, eh? I've got cousins and nieces and nephews that are roughly the same age, and I so I get mixed up and call <laughs> mm. <laughs> call people cuz who are actually a niece or so call it yeah or vice versa. The distinction uh, there's no distinction in age, but the distinction in generation is actually quite important. Mm. So I get corrected. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, we yeah. used to get corrected. We had an auntie who was younger than yeah. the other aunties. Yeah, and we used to just call her by her first name. My dad would always say, "Auntie, so and so." So it's been drilled into us from a young age. On mm. my family, respect the papa mm. <laughs> because it's about respect. Oh, I owe that person a lot more respect than I do my cousins, who I might get away uh, with. Yeah, you know, get away with more with. All right, we are going to look now. That was a hell of an awesome wānanga. I wish we'd just been having episodes all year where we just yarn about whatever we want. Here we are. Uh, 2023, it's just around the corner. It is a shame our last episode didn't 
quite align with like the end of the year, so you can do like the definitive end of the year episode. How the end of whose year? Well, true. <laughs> I mean, yes, we're looking at Tetai Maori. We are only halfway through the year, but yeah, twenty twenty three. I do like a blank slate to look at. Um, I don't know about you, Mediana, but I don't really have anything planned for next year. Yet. Oh no! I finished my studies and then went. Mm, what do I do now? And haven't really got an answer. Um, at my kura, there's a three-year teaching oh, degree that follows that. Oh. afterwards, which I, I have no desire to become a kayako. I don't oh. have the the requisite oh, that's, energy no, to give. But um, there's no rumaki level two. Sort no, of, eh? well, not not at um, Wananga or Rokawa. Is there really a second year? How and many a third years? Year. You can do a bachelor's of Te Reo Māori. You do three years. Oh. Which I've decided I'm going to do. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Because I haven't cool. s- studied enough in my 20s. Nah, but I did stew on that for a bit. I was like, God, I'm going to spend most of my 20s studying. But um, unlike, I can't cope with not having a plan. Well, we talked about this the other day, how there's so much build up to making the decision to go to Rumaki. And then there's so much changes within the year. <laughs> You're not really prepared for who you're going to become when you come out. And then mm. you don't really think about how it's going to change you. So you don't want to go back to your old life anymore. You don't, um, the things that you that used to matter don't, well, I don't know, for me, it's like I don't really want to go back and work in a really high pressure newsroom environment where I feel strung out. And also just, yeah, one year gave me the taste for it. And now I'm like, oh, there's so much depth. So much depth to our language, so I just want to go deeper and deeper, eh? Ruku, oh, nice. so, Jealous. Yeah, but that was a good two months of um, sweating it and, and being like, oh, man, my career, like, am I just, you know, going to turn my back on that? Yeah, I mean, maybe. It's only two years. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe kind of, eh? <laughs> yeah. There's always That's time for a career. Miriana, what's the name of that paparakota in Otaki? The telly. Have you let, have you let the telly know? They brace themselves. Um, I'm tongue to finna at the telly now. Hey. <laughs> you might be able to get a job there to um, cut time. Oh, aye. <laughs> to practice your reel with all the patrons. Yeah. Uh, how many reel symposiums will you be addressing <laughs> in 2023, Tikuru? Hopefully they invite me back. They're like, we didn't expect a rap performance. Yeah, yeah. Why'd this guy turn a- the lights off? <laughs> uh, no, I don't really have much lined up for next year. I usually do. You're a busy guy. That's surprising. I generally work in in sections of two years. Uh-huh. Like I have two to two two to five year plans. Yeah. Uh, but this has been such a busy year, and COVID felt like that took a couple of years out away from yeah. whatever plan I had. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm still revising it. <laughs> and and since uh, since the COVID restrictions have lapsed. It's just been a hundred, everything's been going a hundred miles an hour, I think, in a lot of different industries, certainly in media, uh, production and things like that. It's just been going full throttle. And um, I think everyone's feeling it now. Christmas couldn't come sooner. Uh, I'll be, I'll be putting music out. That's my main thing. I'm looking to get into music. I was fortunate to, to jam at the Waiata Māori Song Hubs this year and um, write a couple songs and, and record a couple songs. So working with um, with Jordan, Jordan with a Y, who was our first awesome. Manuhiri on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember. And um, we're working on a song at the moment, actually, and 
a few others as well. So really just looking to get into music, although it's very hard to be a full-time musician in Aotearoa. Mm, Probably anywhere, but yeah. um, certainly here, we have such a small market. And as a Māori rapper, that's even a, that's a niche within a niche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to sell out Eden Park anytime soon. Uh, but really just want to invest as much time into that as I can mm. and figure out how to fund it, basically, how to um, be sustainable so I can make music because that's what I really enjoy. Yeah. Are we, bro? Beautiful. I feel like you're going to be really successful at it as well. What we've heard so far is mean. <laughs> also, there's yeah. such, I mean, yeah, it's it's a shame that there's not a lot of money in today, but there's a real hunger for real Māori music across yeah. genres. So it's mean to hear, it's like, yeah, let's, um, Māori rap, hard out. I mean, it's like par way. It's, it is par. Mm. It's yeah. funny that... Um, yeah, true. We don't think about it as pal. I remember it was um, Tia from Kandunu. <laughs> she came to a kuradu and did a, a rap and was like, this is a form, this is a pal. And it was the first time I went, oh, rap is pal. Yeah. Yeah. Tia Hui Kia ora, bro. She yeah. was one of the MCs at the Ngati Kahungunu Symposium and she was doing her pal on the day one and I, that inspired me as well. I was like, oh, yeah, I got some pal. We went to uni <laughs> together, so yeah, I know her I well. I got from. some of that. She's Easy one of my te waiora peers, so we go back. Oh, we? Um, te Aihe, also known as one quarter of the modern Māori quartet every now and again. Hello. What are your musical <laughs> plans for 2023? Oh, hopefully go and put a suit on and do some more shows with the quartet because uh, they're awesome. And, and probably a good time to shout out Maka Pohatu, my brother who helped me with the theme song for Nair uh, about a year ago. And oh, uh, yeah. In a heavily locked down studio in, in Morningside. <laughs> the uh, the day that um, Diahe and Marka were um, recording the theme song or um, jamming ideas mm. for the theme song, I was getting little snippets from the two of them from the studio. Obviously, everyone was a little bit mad um, from being in lockdown for such a long time, but it was a truly joyful um, collaboration to witness. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. Marka's the man, uh, and and so two other the rest of the whānau at the Māori Quartet. Um, truly do not know next year. Yeah. Outside of outside of that, probably just still smashing out fantastic podcasts such as this one for the Spin-Off Podcast Network. Um, Except not this one. <laughs> other fantastic podcasts. We don't know that yet, this one. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, one thing I am really excited about is Te Rupu Māori here at work. Um, we've Got a lot of cool whakaaro for ways that we can make the spin-off a cooler place to work at for Kaimahi Māori. And uh, there's a lot of mahi still left to go mm, before we okay. make that uh, a reality, but it's very exciting. And um, yeah, again, shout out to the spin-off for giving us space and empowering us to to dream and, and, and do that stuff. Rawe. Yeah. I think I might Hi. get into advertising, TV advertising, and, and collab with Te Ahi here, and he can voice the advertising. Oh, yeah. I've just, that idea just come to me now, so. And this is how you're going to fund it. Let's do it. Let's go. Can you just jot it down in your phone? <laughs> right. <laughs> right now. I mean, I feel like a Kaipapa Māori agent, advertising agency would be quite a good idea because the uh, the regular old advertising world pretty bad we'll have to take this ripping. out now we'll have to take <laughs> 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 don't steal our idea no, uh Ketipai, um i had already stated that i don't really have any plans for next year and it's it's my favorite thing to say 
I don't have any plans for next year. That has never happened to me. I've been working full time since I was just before I turned 16 years old. This is the first time in my life at the age of 40, that, oh, sorry, 41, that I don't have a plan and it feels fucking great. Oy, yeah. That said, I do need a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I feel committed to waiting um, for the right job, a job that is kaupapa Māori, a job that um, uplifts and contributes to te Māori where I can speak my deal at work. Um, until I find that role, I'm just going to hold out and freelance, I suppose. That's what they say, eh? The universe hates a vacuum. Oh, makes, I love that. Make, but make space for it and then, you know. Just yeah. suck it in. Um, I also understand the privilege that I have just uttered out loud of being like, I'll just wait until the perfect job comes along. Yeah, yeah. Um, I acknowledge that privilege. I, I, I am able to freelance um, in the writing world until that job comes along and not everyone gets the opportunity to just twiddle their fingers until the perfect job comes along. So I acknowledge that. It's yeah. hard out there, eh? Oh, and when I say I'm going to do music, I'm, I just want everyone to know that <laughs> behind the scenes I work my ass off <laughs> yeah, in yeah, doing yeah. lots of other jobs like te karere, news stories yeah. and production. We have already established that music doesn't pay, so no, everyone knew yeah. that you were going to be I'm doing actually all thinking the jobs of, I'm actually thinking time. of starting a lawn mowing business because where I live in Tūranga Nui Akiwa, there's a, there's a shortage of lawn mowers and coming into summer because I've been away for a couple of weeks and I try to get a lawn mower back home. They're all like, nah, very busy, busy. Can't take any more on. And I'm like, man, I should be going around and mowing people's lawns. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> you get exercise, you've got time to listen to music and oh, practice so your raps while you're I, just I, walking backwards and forwards yeah, with the mower. That's what I do. I get like fit. mowing lawns. It's so satisfying. And I wouldn't even mind helping <laughs> other Māori like get into the business because... Funeral homes and lawns, that's the one thing that'll never go out oh of business. Oh my gosh, like death and taxes. That's right. It's brilliant. And lawns. All right, catch you by. So in 2023, <laughs> lawns. we're making music, we're making advertising, we're mowing lawns. <laughs> <laughs> that's us, whanau. Rawe. And we may or we may not do a podcast. And we may or may not create another podcast. Um, but for now, ko pai te wā, kia tātou e hoa mā, koira, tamato hōtaka mō tēnei wiki. Um, our final thanks uh, go to the Spinoffs General Manager, Mark Kelleher, and um, Head of Podcasts, Janie, for your love and your respect and your support and your expertise. Um, Office Manager, Rachel LaRue, for all the help um, getting the logistics in line. Um, Mariana Johnson, tēnā koe. Te kurua te marama tjus, tēnā koe. Te ahi patla, tēnā koe. Um, kia koutou e whakarongoana, kia haumaru, kia tūkaha i o koutou nei, tuakiri Māori. Stand tall in the world, and the knowledge that your whakapapa Māori makes you unique, it makes you great, you are a descendant of greatness. Hei konei rā! NAIR is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network. It was hosted and researched by Leonie Hayden with Te Kuru Jews and Mediana Johnson. NAIR was produced by Te Aihe Butler with senior production from Jane Yee and project management from Mark Kelleher. Kia ora e te iwi, Te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at the Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. 
The Spin-Off Podcast Network.